Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The show that is so bad, if it was an animal, it would eat its young. All of them. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Ooh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on the day before I leave for Las Vegas. Yeah, hope to see a lot of you there. Uh, anyway, on this week's show, in pipe parts, uh, we've got a uh, we've got a uh, segment on cleaning the mortise. I'm going to readdress talking about the mortise of the pipe and why, because I think oftentimes we forget about it. And then my guest tonight is uh, Steve Fallon, and we have the pipe studs choices on current tobaccos that are available that he likes. So we'll get to chat with him. Uh, music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Um, yeah, hope to see a whole bunch of you in Vegas. Please make sure to stop by, say hi. I know I'm going to be a little busy, but uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to sit down and have a smoke with a bunch of you. And uh, for those of you not coming not coming to Vegas, uh, keep an eye on the social medias. Look for uh, hashtag uh, Vegas Pipe Show or hashtag LVIPS. We're... Uh, we're going to be uh, promoting those hashtags, you know, like them cool kids do. So we get all that. And, uh, yeah, I'm sitting here packing and getting ready and finalizing all the details. So uh, a lot to get through on this week's show. So let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell & Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, we are talking about just the mortise. And just a reminder, what is the mortise? The mortise is the hole where the stem goes into and it's the you know it's the piece of it's the 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 hole inside the shank where the stem fits into the pipe so that's the mortise hole the mortise hole usually has uh two sizes one is big enough for the tenon or the in the case of a military mount of the uh of the 
stem to fit in, and then the draft hole's in there in the back, all right? So this, this junction area can become a problem because, uh, for one, pipe cleaners, which I use on a regular basis, when you're pushing a pipe cleaner in, uh, it will, you know, it should do fine pushing in, but when you're pulling it back out, sometimes it's rubbing up against that mortise and you'll get little pieces of fuzz or if there's a little piece of tobacco or something like that that's caught on the pipe cleaner, the, uh, the tenon will catch it and drop it in the mortise. So on a, on a pipe that's really well done and, you know, real high grade pipes, the distance or the space in there between the tenon and the mortise wall uh, where the draft hole is can be as low as like a 16th of an inch on some, on most pipes. You're going to look in there and you might see about, uh, you know, maybe a quarter inch. All right. So there's that space in there and we want to keep that clean. So what I do, especially when I'm traveling is, uh, you know, I don't have my alcohol with me sometimes and I might run multiple bowls through it, but about every three or four bowls, uh, I take the stem off after the pipes cooled down. I take the stem off and I use a bent portion, you know, I bend the pipe cleaner in half and I'll use that to wipe around inside the mortise hole and get it nice and dry. And then I'll use the pipe cleaner also to wipe down the facing side of the tenon uh, because again, stuff can get stuck to that. And you just want to keep this area clean because think of it as, I mean, this, it's halfway between the tobacco and the you know, halfway between the tobacco chamber and the stem and the tip of the stem. If that's dirty in there, that means that all that smoke that's coming through there may be nice and clean in the bowl, may be nice and clean in the stem, but it's got to pass through this little pit or this little open area where all this stuff can build up. Uh, even on a, on a brand new pipe or a new to me pipe, whether it's a state or, you know, however I got it, I still want to get in there and I want to clean that out because I want to make sure that I got all the factory dust out of there, any leftover wax. I want to get it out of there and I just want to get it as clean and dry as possible. So again, about every two or three bowls, you know, three or four in my case, uh, get in there. Pull that stem off and clean that out. If you can, uh, if you can use some alcohol or Everclear, you know, pure grain alcohol like I do, uh, dip the tip of the uh, pipe cleaner in there and then rub it, rub that all the way around inside the wall of the mortise, and that'll just help get whatever gunk is in there loosened up. And then fold it in half and keep going at it until you get a pipe cleaner that comes back out perfectly clean. This will dramatically improve a pipe's performance and tolerances to moisture. Uh, and again, you also don't want any buildup going in there because that buildup can make it tough to get the stem all the way in, which will create a little, you know, a bigger air pocket in there, which can create more turbulence in there. So you want to keep that clean. Uh, have you ever seen a pipe where the stem won't fit all the way in? Well, that's probably because there's a buildup of junk inside on the mortise and the tenon or the, in a rare case, maybe it was a replacement tenon and the tenon wasn't cut right. Uh, military mounts. 
And military mounts are the stems that don't have a true tenon. They just go directly into the mortise hole. Uh, you want to be especially careful with those because you want to really make sure and keep those nice and clean because that's a bigger space in there and a bigger gap. Uh, so you want to, you know, if you've got a military mount or a push stem like on uh, some of the, you know, some of the Danish freehands like Nording, uh, you really want to make sure and keep that area nice and clean inside. So maybe I'd do it every bowl on on those guys. Uh, again, it's just the, the idea is that you don't want your smoke passing through a gurgle box of uh, leftover moisture and leftover tobacco bits and pipe cleaner fuzzes and stuff like that. You just want to get it. You want your pipe smoking as clean as possible. I mean, if you get a uh, if if you get a good iced tea or something, you don't want to run it through a dirty straw. So make sure and keep that mortise nice and clean. All right, that's what I do. So works for me. All right, in just a minute, uh, the pipe stud Steve Fallon. This is Internet Radio. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mielefolge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is a voice that is very familiar to you, and uh, his voice really, I mean, really far outreaches his appearances, which is why he likes coming on the podcast, but it's the uh, the one and only pipe stud, Steve Fallon. Steve, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you, Brian. It's an honor to be here, despite the fact that uh, your introduction was a little weak. Um, you know, you, you could have built me up a little bit more than that. Did, I don't look quite as uh, good as I sound, but doggone it, I look good. Did I did I forget to mention recently minted Doctor of Pipes? Yeah, that was quite an honor. That's uh, put me up there in the same stratosphere with you. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Pumped up. Yeah, apparently the uh, apparently the uh, nominating pool got pretty thin there, but uh, the studs in it. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I really that was an honor. Uh, I really appreciated that. Yeah, hey, listen, they had a they had a real bad batch of nominees the year I got it too, so don't feel bad. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Steve, the reason we are going to you is because, boy, if anybody has got their finger on the pulse of the tobacco market right now, it's you. I mean. You know everything that's out there. You have reviewed everything out there. Your tobacco, re your uh, your reviews on tobacco reviews are almost uh, almost legendary. So we are, uh, you know, trying to figure out. All right, you know, tobaccos of the old are gone. We get that. There's a uh, you know, you can still buy them on uh, pipestuds uh, pipestud.com on Saturdays if your fingers are fast enough. But uh, 
what are what is on the market now that you as Steve Fallon the pipe smoker are enjoying and I and I I couch this by saying that you, your taste is unique because your favorite thing to smoke is Five Brothers Burley filtered not smoked but filtered through Royal Yacht right well, yeah, but that's, you know, one of, uh, that's my go-to. That's yeah. my favorite, but I love smoking a variety of tobaccos just because uh, it's fun for the taste buds, and uh, there's so many good tobaccos still out there on the market that uh, I'd be crazy to just stick with one. But, yeah, that's my go-to. Yeah, so you have you have, um, uh, you have have a unique um, taste profile. Um, so <laughs> So let's just kind of take it around the horn, and maybe uh, maybe we can use a little sports metaphors here. If you were drafting an all-star team of what's available right now, and uh, we'll start off in the English tobaccos, because I, I hear you do enjoy a Latakia blend occasionally. Uh, what's out there that you like? What can you recommend to people? Well, yeah, if, if we're going to start with the Latakias, uh, obviously, the great ones are, are coming out of uh, of England. You've got uh, Gowith and Hogarth, which uh, has what I enjoy, some really strong blends. Uh, as a Katerica has uh, uh, a plethora of just unbelievable blends that are still out on the market. A little bit difficult to get to, that's for sure. But yeah. uh, when you talk about the greats, you know, like Penzance and Margate, uh, and, I, and I love Pembroke. I love that uh, little cognac twist in it. Uh, but <laughs> But that's a good one as well. Uh, but you know, when you when you look at some of the greats from over in England, uh, uh, not only G and H, but uh, Samuel Gawith as well, uh, they have some of the all-time greats. You know, Squadron Leader is one that I really enjoy. Uh, just a terrific blend. And you know, I've thought about it a lot. What is the strongest lot of Kia blend that I've smoked that I've really enjoyed? Uh, but that was a really strong Latakia blend, and that's a really tough one. But there are so many really good Latakias out there that for those who really enjoy it as a steady smoke, uh, I'd say take a look at some of the Rattrays. You know, you've got uh, Jock's Mix, Three Noggins Full. Uh, those are two great ones. Uh, as far as Sam Gowith is concerned, if you've never smoked Commonwealth, you ought to give that one a try. Talk about a full a full English mixture. That's a big one. So, so yeah, there's some great old uh, uh, English blends still out there on the market. Some that have been out for decades and then others that are, you know, fairly new. Are you, when you're buying these for you, are you aging them at all? Or are you, are you talking fresh out of the can? Well, I, my preference of course is aged tobacco simply because, uh, there's no one that can tell me that it doesn't, that a blend, no matter what it is, except maybe, uh, an aromatic will taste better with age. So, so I like to let them sit at least six months, uh, just to let them settle a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if I can sneak a couple of three years out of them, I prefer to do that. I just think it tastes a little smoother when, when they have age. Uh, anything on the uh, on the Oriental side that you're that you're liking recently? Oh yeah, the uh, uh, I love Orientals. <laughs> they, uh, I, I love the way they uh, project with tastes. Uh, in fact, I think one of my one of my favorite uh, Oriental forward blends that's still on the market. A lot of people 
uh, considered to be an English blend, and that's Rattray's Black Mallory. But whatever or, Oriental uh, they had in there or have in there uh, sits extremely well with me. Uh, I know that uh, uh, Fred Hanna had a couple of really great ones are not being made anymore, the Legends and Wilderness, but both of them had uh, a lot of Oriental flavor that I uh, that I thoroughly enjoyed. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of Oriental uh, forward tobaccos out there that, uh, you know, they don't say they're Oriental blends. They'll say they're, uh, you know, English blends or uh, a little Virginia Oriental uh, that that people like. The Macedonian leaf is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Ismer leaf, if you find a tobacco with Ismer in it, it's going to be a little spicy and a little stronger. But, uh you know, I can't think of one off the top of my head that I can give you uh, the name for, but there's, uh, if I went to my cellar, I could find a couple of them. There's uh, one of them in particular that uh, has the really strong ISM relief, and I know that goes well in, in uh, Roll Your Own Cigarettes, too, but I'm just fascinated by that one. But, yeah, there are a lot of great, great Orientals out there, great, great Oriental leaf that I believe is still being grown. I know it's probably harder to uh, go to some of these exotic locales yeah. to, to get them harvested but uh, but they're still being made and they're still darn good do you treat a blend with oriental in it any differently do you try to i don't know pack it differently than you would just a straight latakia or your or your uh, your unique mixture of, of <laughs> <laughs> well i knew that was coming up actually uh brian uh, the more oriental that's in the blend uh, if it's a if it's a Virginia Oriental without the Latakia, then I like to smoke it really slowly. Uh, so I'll pack it a little bit tighter mm-hmm. uh, because I like to I like to get that taste of the Virginia too, as well as the Orientals. Uh, if it's an English blend with uh, Latakia in it, which uh, uh, you know the Orientals support it, but uh, you know Latakia is going to be uh, you know at the front of the of the line. So yeah. uh, I don't really worry about how I pack it or how I puff on it. I just want to make sure I, I get some of that oriental flavor that's boosting the Latakia, but I don't do that one very often. It's mostly a Virginia oriental blend that uh, I want to taste those orientals. Or as I call it, a Virginia blend that they probably should have put Perique in instead of the, that oriental stuff. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about Perique is if you, if you just put a little touch of it, uh, I think it's good in anything. Uh, I, I took an old McClellan's Oriental 50 gram tin, you know, where they package just the strict Orientals. And, uh, I thought, well, this will be fun. So I, I did it half Oriental and half, uh, a little jar of St. James Parish Perique that I had. I put that in there and Brian, it was good. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, stout, uh, with the, with the Perique in there, but, uh, it just did something to the Oriental leaf and, uh, I was in hog heaven. Wish I had more of both. All right, we're going to take a break right here, and then you brought up something that I want to talk about when we come back from the break, so stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation, or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's Estate Trade Program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit 
valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with the the one and only pipe stud doctor of pipes, Steve Fallon. All right, Steve. So you mentioned something. Uh, you're you know, you you like to tinker with uh, with tobaccos. Uh, is there just you know, just some basic guidelines real quickly? Not one of your long stories about, uh, you know, not one of them Texas size stories for us. Uh, just some little tips and tricks that you can give to people, especially if they buy a brand new blend and maybe it's smoking a little hot or they want to punch it up a little bit. Yeah, it just depends on, uh, what they're smoking. But if, uh, if they're smoking Virginia's, the best thing to do with those, especially if it's your first time with it, uh, is to smoke it, pack it loosely and smoke it a little bit more slowly than you normally would, because mm -hmm. that'll give you an indication of the different nuances of the flavor. Uh, and also you can find out pretty quickly because some Virginias do nip a little bit, but you can find out pretty quickly uh, which ones you need to be uh, really easy on the pedal with and others that you can, uh, you know, some are so, I guess, light and airy, you can floor it. But it's, um, uh, it, it's a really easy trick, but it's one I sure do because it's something I've never smoked before. I'm always cautious because my tongue is a little sensitive. So yeah. that's what I do with those. For Latakias, um, if, if you're smoking a stronger Latakia blend, it really doesn't matter how you pack it. You know, there, it's not a tobacco that bites anyway. It just presents a, a different flavor presentation. But uh, I don't think that one matters uh, as to how you pack it. But I do think that the more slowly you, you smoke, uh, the more flavor you're going to get no matter what you're smoking. Does pipe selection play a part in, uh, you know, pipe size or shape? Does that play a part when you're, uh, when you're looking at a brand new, a new to you tobacco? Well, I'll smoke, if it's something I don't know if I'll like or not, uh, I'll smoke a smaller pipe just so I don't, you know, waste a lot of tobacco. Uh, but uh, normally I'll just, uh, I usually smoke group four or group five pipes. And uh, I'll usually, even if it's a brand new pipe, I just load it to the top. Uh, always pack a little more loosely than uh, than maybe some people do, and try to smoke it slowly. And I'll, I'll get uh, a real good presentation of flavor. Uh, you know, if it's a good pipe, get a real good presentation of flavor early on. That way, if you if you pack it hard and smoke it hard, you're just uh, to me. You sometimes <laughs> just smoke smoke smoke. <laughs> There's no. Uh, it just takes the flavor away. It's like doing shots at the bar or sipping the good stuff. There you go. Yeah. See, I condense that down into a shorter Texas story. Um, all right. Let, let's talk about the big one because Virginia's are where are where a lot of us uh, live. That's where you know. That's where a lot of the <laughs> that's where a lot of the uh, high dollar stuff is. What Virginia's are on the market now that you that you kind of like. 
Well, you know, you sure are right about the Virginias now. My, my, uh, uh, over the 17, almost 18 years I've been running my tobacco website, uh, I've seen a total flip uh, from uh, maybe a couple of years before McClellan's went out of business uh, moving forward. Uh, Virginia Leaf is, uh, has, has outpaced by far a lot of Kia, and it used to be the other way around. So I totally agree with you there. Uh, I, I think some of the great, and I mean great, uh, Virginia tobaccos that are out there right now uh, include uh, a couple that McBaron's makes. Uh, that Capstan Blue, I mean, they nailed that one uh, when they got the recipe. It's just a wonderful tobacco, and I smoke it a lot. Uh, I like to get the older stuff, 2012, 2013, but even fresh. Uh, sometimes I'll smoke a fresh tin, and uh, when I do, I get whatever that flavoring is that they put in there. It's just it's, it's really light, but it just enhances the overall presentation of the leaf. And you can do that with the Capstan Gold as well. Uh, I've been really appreciative of uh, the efforts made by Cornell and Deal. Uh, they're they're going out and har- getting uh, some of the best harvested Red Virginia that they can find. And uh, is is it Reeves? Is that Jeremy's last name? Reeves. Yeah. 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 Well, they're they're doing a very very good job of uh, not only sourcing the leaf, but also the way they they uh, uh, put it together and present it. And uh, those last few batches of their uh, small batch, Carolina, has has uh, has impressed me. So uh, they've done a good job too, and kudos to them for their efforts. Uh, I know the, uh, especially the USA market appreciates it. And uh, once uh, uh, once they get out a little more internationally, I think they'll they'll get good international service too. Uh, but but I've been impressed with them, and also uh, you know the continuation of the way. Uh, esoterica by germain the way they come out like tilbury i don't think that i've smoked all kinds of versions uh, ages of tilbury same with uh, stonehaven uh, which has some burley in it too uh, but those two tobaccos are so consistent and they're so delicious uh, uh, i just you know I, I don't know what i'd do if i didn't have any of those around to, to sample from time to time so kudos to them as well uh, those are probably some of my current favorite uh, Virginia blends, Brian, mm-hmm. uh, and they're still being produced. And I think if uh, uh, if people enjoy quality tobaccos, uh, there's uh, the good news is we've got people out there who are so committed to bring to the smoking public the best possible tobacco they can, uh, whether it's an English blend, Oriental blend, uh, Virginia blend vapors uh and and i just really appreciate him because it's this is not an easy time for for blenders and uh you know sourcing the leaf now uh with all these tobacco laws and and all of the things you have to do to just get the tobacco and put it together and sell it you know there's a lot of time effort energy and cost involved now that there they used to not be so uh i have great respect for them how do you personally handle, yeah, let's say there's a, uh, an interesting introduction of a, of a new blend, uh, and you know it's in your wheelhouse because, you know, you know that you've got, you know, you got, <laughs> you got more experience smoking different tobaccos than I do. Uh, how do you handle whether, you know, with purchasing that new one? Do you buy one tin and then pop it open right away, or do you buy... F- four or five pop one open 
give it a try and then maybe set the others aside for aging if you like it or uh, or pass them off on your favorite enemies? <laughs> well, one thing I do not do uh, is buy a, a large uh, pack of tobacco that I've never smoked before. Uh, I'll give you a prime example. Mm -hmm. when, uh, when the Capstan Blue was picked up, well, I don't know, about 10 years ago by McBaron's. Yeah. Uh, I thought, well, I'll give this a try, but I just can't imagine it being anything close to the original, which I loved, but I can't afford it now. <laughs> Whenever they come here, I have to sell them, and boy, I want to keep them. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so I got a 10, and I tried it, and I went, wow. Uh, so I got on the phone and, and uh, ordered three five-packs of it, uh, and uh, every once in a while, continue to buy a five-pack of it. That's that's the way to do it. If if I'd have bought three five packs and went, yuck, I don't like this stuff, then I'm stuck with it. Yeah. So the smart thing to do is always get a 10, maybe two. Uh, and uh, that way you can uh, let one that may seem a little rough to you say, hey, you know what, this might be good if I let it sit a year and then uh, and then try it again and see if the rough edge comes off. Uh, <clears throat> that's another way to do it. But no, I, d I don't recommend going out and buying a bunch of something just because somebody told you it's good. You better find out for yourself because everybody's palate's different. And do you give it a couple of bowls in different kinds of pipes to, to try to make sure that it's good or try to find the right, uh, the right match for it, shall we say, before you? Uh, well, you know, I... Yeah, I hear all kinds of, uh, there, there are all kinds of ways to do it, I guess. You know, some people, it's uh, uh, usually if I smoke a bowl of something and, and don't like it, uh, I'm not going to go back to it because I'm, I'm pretty sure I captured what I wanted to capture by going through a whole bowl. Yeah. Uh, if, it's, if it's a little iffy, uh, then, then I may say, you know what, this has potential, but I don't want to smoke it fresh again. I want to I let it sit for a year or two, and then I'll try it again. Uh, but I don't worry about the size of the pipe. I certainly don't mix, uh, you know, a, a pipe dedicated to a lot of key. I don't stick Virginia in that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't worry about I don't worry about uh, the size, whether it's too large or too small. I don't smoke a big pipe anyway, and I have in the past. And the problem with a with a larger pipe is, uh, especially one that has a cavernous chamber, is the fact that you get so much air in there with the leaf. And uh, I'm more interested in, in uh, seeing what that leaf tastes like. So I just stick to smaller chamber pipes and make sure that uh, I keep a pack going, not not a real tight one, but one that will at least put more tobacco smoke into my mouth than, than just air. So that's the way I do it. Yeah, you get a, you get too much air in there, especially in, in the summer in Texas. Boy, that air is thick. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be hot air. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right, let's talk about Virginia Periques. Anything out there on the market that you can recommend for people? Yeah, you know what I really liked is uh, every one of them, in fact, they taste the same, some a little older than others. But uh, uh, I know that it was uh, smokingpipes.com that came out with this Squadron Leader Special Edition. I forget the first year they did it, uh, but they put Perique in there. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I thought, wow, this is really good. And uh, I don't know who came up with figuring out that that was the one to put Perique in, but, you know, God bless them. Uh, <laughs> that, that was good. And then the, um, uh, I wish I could, they're kind of exotic names, so forgive me, you know, Texan, it's tough to say anything exotic. But um, uh, Hans Wiedemann, 
who has come out with some of those uh, really nice blends over in Germany, the HU tobaccos. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a couple of three of them that uh, that are, are great Virginia Periques that I really have enjoyed. Uh, some of them he puts like uh, Virginia and Kentucky uh, leaf uh, in there, and then he'll he'll put the Perique in, uh, and it's it's stronger. But it's really good. So I, I like I said, I, there were two or three of them. I, I ran through his line about three years ago just to to try them, and uh, uh, thoroughly enjoyed them. It's tough to you know get a group. I've got a couple of friends, and we'll get a group by uh, of uh, the HE blends, but they're uh, but they're good. And so those are really nice periques that uh, Virginia periques that I like. And of course, uh, uh, golly. Uh, GLPs, uh, he's got some vapors that are uh, really good, uh, really good. In fact, I should have mentioned peas earlier because uh, he has, uh, over the course of the two decades or so of, of blending tobaccos, he's come up with uh, uh, these great blends that have uh, Virginias and Orientals and some with a lot of Kia and Orientals and some with uh, all of the above and Perique and uh, you know, I just love going through uh, the majority of his line. Uh, he gets uh, he gets some really great tobacco, and he's an exceptional blender. And uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed those. But yeah, vapor blends. He's he's made some great ones. And uh, and GLPs and Cornell and Deal. When you buy a small can, it's two ounces, not one point seven six. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're the two ounces instead of the fifty grams. It's funny you say that because I'm so used to putting fifty grams. Occasionally, I'll go back. Uh, and look at my drafts before uh, before publishing day, and I'll mess that up about four or five times. I'll I'll put fifty grams instead of two ounces on the on the weight. <laughs> All right, since you mentioned uh, yeah, since you mentioned Cornell and Deal uh, Burleys, what do you you know you are a Burley guy because that's what Five Brothers is. So out of all the people that know Burleys, you're the Burliest Burley guy. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's a compliment, but uh, you know, I'll take that. But yeah, they've uh, uh, C&D's come out. In fact, uh, I, I, <laughs> I was. Uh, I, I guess I won. I was fortunate up, uh, fortunate enough to win the Kansas City uh, Slow Smoking Contest uh, <laughs> here this past weekend at their pipe show, and so for um, uh, for winning, I had a choice of a pipe. Or a big pound block of uh, one of C and D's uh, stronger blends that I absolutely uh, thoroughly enjoy, and now I can't find the box. But anyway, have you ever heard of Night Train? No. Oh yeah, it's a it's a C and D blend, and it is strong. And I was looking, I wanted to find the the box here because it would tell me if it had Perique in it or not. I can't remember. But uh, of all things to win, I won one of my favorites. It is stout. It's full of burly, and uh, it's good. And then there was uh, there's another one that I really like, and I heard uh, I heard well, Night Train's probably the one I I'd say uh, you know if you want a stout blend that uh, here we go. It's Bright Virginia uh, with uh, of course the burly and Perique. There we go, and the Perique's in it. Uh, but that one, it'll knock your socks off. Uh, so, you know, if you're riding your horse, ride it slowly. It could topple. <laughs> if you're out working the back 40, 
Oh, doggies. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, that's a. Uh, it was fun to get uh, to win that one because I, I told I, you know, I, I, as the winner, you're supposed to choose between which you want. Uh, I didn't even look at the pipe. I wanted that night train. It was about three or four years old anyway, big old block of it. So I can't wait to open it and have a little fun. So you ran right past that uh, straight grain, yes, Conowitz, for that one-pound block of <laughs> – You know what? It was it was close, Brian, but I chose the tobacco. Uh, it, it was close, yes. Yeah. God bless Texas, y'all. <laughs> hey, I love hearing you say y'all. Y'all? It, comes right, it just flows right out of your mouth. Well, I do live in the proper south, um, not your Texas central south, whatever that is. Uh all right, Steve. Let's uh, let's kind of wrap this up and finish up with uh, aromatics. What um, what aromatics are out there on the market that you enjoy and 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 uh, that you're that you can suggest to people? Well, I don't smoke many of them, so I don't go get them very often. But uh, I got to tell you, uh, and this is going back to uh, uh, to another blend that I think is really good. Uh, it's, uh, it's a GLP it's called Virginia cream. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's, it's got kind of a vanilla flavoring in the Virginia leaf and it is awesome. Uh, just tastes absolutely delicious. Um, I, I could smoke that anytime. Uh, it's, it's got, uh, with the, well now, of course I have to say also that what I do is I'll add the five brothers to it to give it a little more strength. Uh, simply because Five Brothers gives off strength, but doesn't, uh, but it, it doesn't give off uh, flavor. Just absorbs whatever you're, the flavor of whatever you're smoking. So, yeah. uh, so that's one I, I I really enjoy. If I smoke, in fact, I think I have two or three tens of it sitting around that uh, I need to get back to. In uh, as far as other ones that are on the market right now that are in production, I just can't think of one off the top of my head. I know I've smoked a couple, but I just I just don't remember what they are. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of part of what we're trying to talk about here is, you know, what replaces product that's left the market. And there's not really a lot of aromatics that have left the market, uh, you know, but it's still I like to make sure that our aromatic smokers have an idea of what's out there that is interesting and good. And, you know, that, that vanilla cream, I think that's the only quote unquote aromatic that uh, that Greg does really i didn't know that yeah well it's a good one yeah so he hit it right out the uh, right out the park um yeah, yeah. Uh, before we finish up i'll give you one last any tobaccos that you can recommend that we didn't mention anything that you want to yeah want to want to tell people to stay away from because you want to buy it all secretively <laughs> well <clears throat> you know the uh, uh we're i'm trying to think of uh, the different varieties on the uh, on the market for those who really enjoy Latakia. Uh, you know, Jermaine's special Latakia flake is probably uh, the tastiest I've had in a long, long time. I've, I've smoked that for years uh, off and on. And I think that would be a really good recommendation for uh, someone wanting to smoke a Latakia blend. And, and uh, if you like Orientals, uh, uh, I love Davidoff's royalty. It's, uh, I don't know how hard it is to get these days, but it's, a. it's, a. am going f with what I think are my top of the line favorites. So I'd go with that. 
Virginia blend, uh, can't go wrong with trying one of the, the C&Ds, uh, you know, either their small batch, uh, Carolinas or the Sun Bear or something like that. Uh, so am I leaving anything out here? I'm thinking Sun Bear. You could almost call it an aromatic as well because of the, uh, the honey topping. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but, it, you know, I, I liked the flavor. I, I, at first, I when I got my first hint of it, uh, I, I was thinking of, you know, there was another one that uh, Bonfiglioli, they had, I don't know if his was named Sun Bear. It was something bear, but it was a lot of Kia blend. Uh, so when I saw it, I went, well, is Bonfiglioli now having C&D do his tobaccos? And then when I saw it, what it was, I thought, well, I got to try it. So, Well, I appreciate you coming on here and hanging out with me. I appreciate all the, uh, well, you do an awful lot of uh, tobacco reviewing and, and greatly appreciate it. And sometimes the reviews are kind of funny to read, too. So, uh. <laughs> well, I, I try to make them a little on the humorous side. I I look at, I'll go on there sometime and see three or four paragraphs written by somebody about a blendy smoke. And I went, wow, he's way ahead of me. I can't, I, I wouldn't remember past two or three sentences. So I keep my pretty short. <laughs> well, thanks again. And of course, everybody can uh, check out everything you're doing on eBay and on uh, pipestud.com. All you have to do is search for pipe stud and um, you know, you won't get any wrong pictures. So you're, so you're safe. Well, thank you, and I really look forward to the first international Las Vegas Pipe Show. You guys worked your butts off, uh, and I can't wait to uh, to get up there and see you and be, be a participant in that. It's going to be something. Well, and then, of course, the best part is I get to see your lovely wife. So, Well, and that's what she said, too, so I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, thanks again. My pleasure. We'll be back in just a minute. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, again, you know, for if you want to find the Pipe Studs, uh, tobacco reviews go on to tobaccoreviews.com and search for pipe stud he's done a ton of work on them and they are fun to read and yes i like steve so there you go i said it all right for music uh this week we go to andres segovia and uh this one uh i like i just like d minor always have uh but it's the cello and orchestra concerto number six in d minor and uh, here is the uh, Maestro Segovia.
Well, if that won't calm you down, I don't know what will. You, Daddy has an email. And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email it directly to me, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at PipesMagazine.com. Or go to PipesMagazine.com and post it on the radio show page there, just like Dino does almost, uh, I guess, every every week. And going back to last week with Luis on uh, Dino says uh, your conversation with Luis was quite entertaining and his backstory was very engaging. His pipes, which I saw on Instagram and smoking pipes, are gorgeous. Nice work. Uh, Zach, what a great choice for music. I loved it. Brian, thanks for sharing it. I salute your embrace of the failing of your follicles. <laughs> Stay strong. Perhaps the addition of Latakia to your vapors might strengthen the resolve in those follicles to hang on to what they've got. Thanks for a great show, Dino. Um, at this point in my life, I would rather be as bald as a newborn baby than be smoking Latakia. So, sorry, Dino. You with the big head of hair anyway. Uh, and then Casey Ghost says, uh, interesting pipe parts on microwaving tobacco was uh, moderately informative, but I have no interest in toasting my tobacco. Not that the topic wasn't interesting, but more like my ineptitude with modern equipment and tobacco. I'll just stay away from anything more complicated than popping the tin. Uh, Louise has taken up a real challenge in making pipes a very long way from people who smoke pipes. I don't buy pipes anymore, but I wish him well in his pursuit. Uh, and then, uh, and then, and then Dan and, uh, and Dino going back and forth about music that I'm not going to get into cause it's the two of them going back and forth, but it's nice to see uh, Casey ghost back and commenting. I, I do want to mention though, that, uh, the reason for my microwaving of the tobaccos primarily is not for aging. It's primarily for the ease of rubbing out or spinning out tobacco, uh, you know, flakes or crumble cakes or stuff like that. It's not really that I want to you know, cook it or speed age it. It does help, but I want the tobacco to be easily manipulated. Uh, and then we, uh, we also have uh, Hawkeye says, uh, uh, rats, I can't listen at the moment, but we'll catch it later this evening. What a gem he is. Uh, referring to Luis, he said, this pipe is fantastic and the attention to detail, amazing. So glad I reached out to him earlier this year. So Hawkeye's got one of uh, Luis's pipes and he put up a picture of it. It's a good looking pipe. Uh, MCJ says, beautiful pipe. Just listen to the interview with Luis. Very interesting to hear about current growth of pipe smoking and tobacco blending in Brazil. Yeah, so maybe, uh, maybe Luis is on to something there. And then a honky tonk man says, I can't believe that Louise made a pipe from a block of, from a block of briar using just a Leatherman. Good job, buddy. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then getting caught up on some others. Uh, Mike writes, hi, Brian, I've intended to email you for a couple of years to let you know how much I enjoy your podcast. I found it about three years ago, quite by accident. And now it's a permanent part of my weekly routine. Even a 50-plus years pipe smoker like myself can find something new in most every one of them. I've listened to all of your episodes at least twice, except the one with the lady making the smoking jackets. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And have saved about 100 of them permanently for driving enjoyment and often as a resource for information as I buy new tobaccos and pipes. All are very helpful when considering new blends and bowls, especially when it comes to purchasing artisan pipes. 
I also want to thank you for thank you for all the promoting of our lifestyle that you do, and this applies especially to your promotion and publicizing of events. I want to personally wish you good luck with your new efforts to revive the West Coast pipe, uh, the West Coast show. Las Vegas is a great venue for a show in the western half of the country, and I hope it exceeds your uh, and I hope it exceeds your hopes. Yeah, we're it's going to be fun. Um, and then, uh, let's see, he said, uh, keep up the great work and never apologize for a show being too long. No such thing is possible when it comes to your efforts. And then he sent me some links for some Christmas music. So we'll hang on to those for Christmas. Uh, and then uh, uh, the pipe rookie. Uh, here's a couple of things. Uh, he wanted to, and he wanted to talk about, uh, explain the process of sandblasting. So if you go back and listen, especially to the J.T. Cook episodes, you'll hear him talk about sandblasting. But uh, the, the basic idea of sandblasting is, is that the block of briar has a flaw in it that won't pass the standards for a smooth. So they put the block of briar or put the pipe that has been smoothed down first, you know, because most pipe makers try to make a smooth pipe first. Uh, they sandblast it using different kinds of glass beads or sand or other kinds of medium to remove those flaws and make the surface of it look uh sandblasted or you know and and in some cases now they really try to focus on getting a rings of grain and all those little intricate things going with it so sandblasting in the past 20 something years thanks to jt cook has become an art uh so that's really the uh that's really the big difference between uh, what sandblasting is. Uh, and then he also asks, uh, what goes into the decision of using Latakia versus Perique in a blend? Also, how can I tell the difference when I open a tin and start smoking away? Uh, so with Latakia, you're going to smell, if it's got any kind of prominent amount of Latakia, when you open the tin, you're going to smell a smokiness. Uh, maybe... To me, it smells a little bit like burning leaves and or uh, it smells like, um, I hate to say this, but exhaust pipe from a diesel truck. Uh, Perique is going to have a little, some people get a plummy, uh, you know, a, a fermented fruit smell. Some people get a peppery, spicy smell. So that's going to be the difference. Uh, both, it's two different styles of condimental tobaccos. And it depends on what the blender is going for. So think of it as, um, I guess, going into uh, going into the food realm. Think of it as you're either putting some sort of spices on a steak with perique, or you're putting salt on, you know, special salts on it, as with Latakia. It just depends on how you want to season that tobacco blend to come up with the proper result. And then finally, uh, Brian sent this along, and he spells it correctly. Uh, he says, uh, first of all, thank you for the continued awesomeness of the Pipes Magazine radio show. I was curious about the below and was interested in your take. Uh, and this might be something that we can discuss on future things, especially if I can get Jeremy back on. Uh, but it, the Premium Cigar Association has come up with definitions of what is pipe tobacco. And... Uh, this is a way of trying to 
separate pipe tobacco here in the United States, and this only applies to the United States, from what's being made as fake pipe tobacco. And you'll see that real cheap, you know, $12 for a pound or whatever it is, and it's called American blend or full flavored blend or menthol blend. That's fake pipe tobacco that is actually cigarette tobacco masquerading. So what, uh, so what the Premium Cigar Association has done is come up with some definitions, and here they are. Uh, it says pipe tobacco is smoked in a pipe <laughs> and at least 75% of its cut tobacco is 1 16th of an inch or more in width and at least 30% of its weight is pressed tobacco flake cuts, uh, flake roll cuts or ready rubbed and it contains at least 5% propylene or glycerin or at least 10% of its weight consists of Latakia, Perique or black tobaccos or combinations thereof. All those ends in there make it interesting because the pressed tobacco part along with the size of it and the propylene and glycerin. So that means that they're trying to define it so that it's broad enough that it fits most pipe tobaccos on the market right now, but yet narrow enough that you can't use it in the cigarette tubes or in rolling papers like those fake pipe tobaccos do. So there you go. We'll have more discussions on that in the future, I promise. But those are just recommendations that the Premium Cigar Association has made to the FDA. And, uh, you know, I'm glad they even think about pipe tobacco, really. So there you go. All right. Again, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. Show suggestions, whatever you got, shoot them on over to me. And in just a moment, rant time. Are you looking for that rare or favorite tobacco? Are you wanting to sell those blends or pipes you no longer fancy? Then visit tinbids.com, the pipe collector's auction site, and begin your search. Browse our ever-changing selection of fine and elusive luxury tobaccos, pipes, and smokers' requisites, and bid on items in an exciting auction setting. Visit us at tinbids.com and sign up for free today. tinbids.com, the pipe collector's auction site. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Let me ask you this. Is paper, is paper a good thing for your diet? Is it roughage? Is it fiber? I don't know what the hell it is, but I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to eat it. And here's why I say that, because a couple of the restaurants that we here kind of like that are local have switched to 
uh, these new, you know, bio-friendly cardboard-to-go boxes, and then they paper-line stuff. Or they put stuff on a tray, and, you know, when you're eating there, you get a metal tray, and then they paper-line it. Well, I really, really, really don't want to eat paper, especially when you're ordering a quarter of a of a of a grilled chicken and then you pick it up and it's been sitting on there and the paper's starting to change colors well you'd wonder what the hell's it doing to the chicken or one of the things i like to get there is the green beans that they make because they actually taste good and don't taste like a vegetable or anything healthy uh probably not healthy either but uh, when you're trying to pick up the green beans, you're poking the fork into the paper, and then the paper starts to tear. So who the hell wants to eat paper? Even on their metal trays and on their to-go stuff, if the food is moist, it really shouldn't be there. If it's a frickin' sandwich and you're setting a bun on there, fine. You're going to eat it in five minutes. But really, do I want a wet, juicy piece of chicken with some sauce on it and then slathering onto paper? No, I don't think I do. I don't really want to eat paper i was told not to eat glue and paper when i was younger and i guess it's kind of you know stuck with me but now that they're lining stuff with paper maybe it's okay to eat glue too i guess i've just lost track of stuff but you know maybe we can come up with something where if it's a if it's a wet food and it's in a to-go container or you're ordering it at the restaurant and it comes on the tray maybe there's something something that can be uh, yeah i don't know I don't know. I just don't want to eat paper. That's all. All right. There you go. I don't want to eat tobacco either, but I have. And it's kind of tasty. All right. Again, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. iTunes, Apple podcast ratings and reviews. Much appreciated. Looking forward to seeing a lot of you in just a few days. And then, uh, you know, hope, hey, it'll be all over. You'll see YouTube videos and all kinds of stuff and podcasts about the show. So you'll hear from plenty of people. Thank you very much to Steve Fallon, the pipe stud for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to Till we meet again. <laughs> I ain't seen a beating like that since somebody stuck a banana in my pants and turned the monkey loose. <laughs>